This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistance like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Hey, my name is Brizo Lee, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Ham. Thank you for tuning in to another conversation with a fellow creative. If you enjoyed these discussions, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay tuned when our latest episode drops. My guest this week is a model, singer-songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. Having been classically trained in vocal and flute for many years, she takes her classical background and fiercely explores genres, creating a tailored sonic experience. She recently dropped her latest single, Falling, which we talk about in the episode. We also discuss how she came up with her artist name and how her jack-of-all-trades approach has impacted her creative projects. This is Brizo Lee. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Bree Zoli. Bree, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I love the story behind your artist's name. So for our listeners who might not know, can you share the story of how you came up with it? Sure. So I have been thinking about this for years. So I'm super, super proud of the name that I finally came up with. So basically, I wanted to keep Bree in there. It's part of my identity. It's who I am. I just didn't want that to be let go. Because, you know, it's it's my identity and I wanted people to associate like who I am with my artist project. So my mom is 100% Hungarian. I'm 50% Hungarian. Being a part of my roots was a really big thing for me. And we always joke around because she was going to name me Zoltana. And I was always like, that's such a cool name. Like I would have had the most unique name ever. And I was mad at her for so long. And she was like, your nickname would have been Zoli, but spelled Z-O-L-L-I-E. So I never really thought about it. And just to sidetrack, her father's name was Zoltan. Z-O-L-T-A-N, which is, I think it translates to like powerful, strong. So when I was thinking of my name, I was like, what if I just shorten it to Z-O-L-I and it kind of flows nicely with Brie ending in an I and Zoli ending in I. So I was like, this is a perfect way to kind of honor my roots in a way. And it's like kind of two parts of me, like who I am and like who I could have been. So nothing was more perfect than Brie Zoli. I can relate to that because on, so for me, in my my name, I am one, like, my sisters and I are the last carriers of my dad's uh, surname, fam, like, our, our last name. We are last carriers of that. So whenever I think of the day that I get married, I'm like, do I want to take my husband's name? Do I want to hyphenate it? What am I going to do? Because we are the, like, it, like, the legacy either continues or ends with us. So it is, it's like a thing, when, especially when you're an artist, too, like, when you want to represent who you are. And, like, having that part of your heritage in your name, I think, is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's super worth it to kind of carry that on if it works for you. And it's powerful. 
I read that you're a classically trained flautist and vocalist. How has that training inspired your sound? So I think it's actually inspired my sound a lot. Like you said, I grew up classically trained. That was my whole life for probably like 15 years. And I would say the part that influenced it the most is I had rigorous training for like maybe 10 years of private lessons. So I think just like having that vocal training and the the flute lessons, you know, reading music, kind of seeing how music is put together and composed as well as I was in an orchestra, like a county orchestra. I grew up in Long Island. So it was like, I guess you could say the best players from all the towns that came together every week to play probably like college level or above pieces, which were probably insane as I was like 16 or something. But I still remember just being in the room with like the fullness of the orchestral sound every single week is like kind of therapeutic. So I think just being around that beautiful, beautiful music all the time really transitioned into my style today, emotion wise, like the way I write, I wouldn't say that I specifically am in one specific genre or another. I kind of just write what I feel and like what's in my heart. And I think that kind of translates to like what I used to play and what I love to sing and even chorus as well, like the the arrangements and stuff like that. So I think that really does affect me today. I, I was sitting here listening to you and I was an orchestra kid growing up, like all the way from fourth grade. Oh my God, yes. yes orchestra for, kids unite. Yes. Or, or as we, as they were called orc dorks, like in my high school, we were called orc dorks, but I, I embraced it. I was like, I enjoy being an orc dork. Cause like you said, it was cathartic. Like being in that room continuously was cathartic. It was my daily space for creativity because not a lot of students yes, you get me yeah yeah not a lot of students get that in a very rigorous like academic schedule or whatever mm-hmm. and so having that setting to where you can be creative and for you like practicing that regularly I, I absolutely understand how that can affect you and again like being in surrounded by an orchestra it is it is inspiring it is mo- like motivational just like how so many pieces can come together to form one sound exactly You performed at Carnegie Hall, which is an experience most people don't get the honor of. How did performing on that stage feel? Oh, God. I mean, amazing. I feel like thinking back to it now, I really realize how crazy that was of experience. Like, obviously, when you're that young, I don't think it like super sets in. But it was incredible. At that time, I was first chair flute. I actually performed there twice, I believe. I don't even remember now. With my chorus and then with my band as well. And it was just, it's just such a beautiful theater and venue, as you know. So it's super, super surreal to actually be on the stage. And then being such an old building, like I personally love design and just like the architecture and like the beauty in the building is just unbelievable. So it was kind of amazing being a young kid being able to play on that stage with like my high school friends and, you know, my, my parents and my whole family in the audience. And it was just like really incredible. So you released your first music last year in such an unpredictable year. What motivated you to release your music? Like what gave you that push to be like, this is the time to do it. Yeah, I know it's probably sounds so weird that I'm like, you know, 2020 is the year I'm going to do it, but it kind of worked out for me because I've been working on my music for a really long time behind the scenes. And I guess I was just figuring out in my head, like, when is the right time to do it? When I feel comfortable, like pushing it out. And I think in 2020 was one of the first times in my life that I was actually able to like stop like the normal things of life, just like the craziness and having like my full mindset and like creativity and the space without distraction to kind of 
create and think through everything. It also taught me that like, I shouldn't harp so much on things I'm creating and like, I should stop trying to make everything perfect and just put things out into the world because I want to be able to share this with people. So I was working with a producer, my friend Ben Cena, and he worked on my first three singles with me, my third one, which is coming out next month. So it just felt like the right time to finally start pushing out these songs since I'm working on my EP as well. And I have a lot of new music coming down the pipeline. So kind of just said this, let's just put it out. Let's do it. It's exciting. Like you said, you've been working on music for a while behind the scenes. Uh, Like, have you always been a songwriter or was that something that kind of gradually transitioned from you being like an instrumentalist to a songwriter? So I always have been, I more recently started learning how to produce a little bit, like to the point where I can think up an idea, whether I write it on guitar or piano and songwrite it myself and then put the initial idea down in Logic so that if I do give it to a producer, at least the initial idea is there so they know where to take it. So I think that's really helped me this year in kind of getting the idea I have into my head and making it into an actual song. But in the past, you know, I would write some stuff on piano. I have like literally over 3000 voice memos, which I think most musicians can relate to because you have an idea like any time of the day and like that's where you go. So and nothing is labeled as well. So if you can imagine how difficult it is to find stuff, that's going to be my like 2021 goal. But what was the initial question? How was that transition becoming from like an instrumentalist to a songwriter? And have you always been songwriting? Yes. So I've kind of just been doing pieces of songs and then more like in the past two years, have I really been like pushing myself to finish full songs? But I'm also more recently, I'm a member of a songwriting club where I, it's mostly virtual now, but I get together with songwriters and we develop songs and pitch them to different artists. So this is kind of an interesting point of view as well, because I feel like that really helped my own songwriting for my artist project and really helped me to think about songwriting in a way that I'd never experienced before, just bringing in that extra point of view and just really focusing on each line of the song, like down to each word and the story that you're trying to get across. So that has really helped me and my own songwriting. Songwriting group. That sounds interesting. How did you become a part of that group? So I honestly don't even remember. I think my friend on Instagram did this event called Songathon. It's like a 24-hour songwriting competition. They have an event in New York and Tennessee. And I found out about the New York, the New York event and I actually missed it because I'm in Brooklyn, so that would have made sense. But I actually ended up going to the the Nashville event and I was like, you know, I always wanted to go to Nashville. My boyfriend and I like made a trip out of it and we went there for the event and it was incredible. It was so magical. I actually met a couple girls from Brooklyn that lived like a block from me. And I'm like, what are the chances? Like music is so small. So then after that, I really realized like how much I also loved songwriting. So then I kind of did some research into songwriting groups as well. And my community started building up and I saw someone that was a part of this songwriting club as well, which is now virtual. So I'm kind of addicted to it. <laughs> Let's talk about your music. Uh, Lullaby is one of your recent singles. And yes. I I absolutely love it. It's ethereal and haunting is how I would describe it. So was it a record that took a while to come together or did it organically build at a fast pace? So this one was super quick. We got into the session. I kind of had a couple inspirations, but I also had an idea of what I was looking for. I feel like this is the vibe of the song. Like what you were saying, this perfectly relates to my orchestral flute chorus past, I feel like, with the way it's arranged. And they, there's like a whole chorus in the background if you listen close 
closely. So I feel like this had the emotion and the rawness that I really wanted to put out into the world. And, you know, I'm working on some other, I'm experimenting with some other genres and, you know, more upbeat pop songs now, but I feel like that was a song that I really wanted to get out there and, you know, just show, show people what I can do in that kind of world, in that genre. Speaking of the song, you also put a visual out for it and you did the post-production for it, which I was very intrigued to find out. I was like, not a lot of artists do that. So instead of like finding somebody else for that role, what motivated you to take it on? So I guess I would call myself a jack of all trades, but my boyfriend is a photographer, videographer. So we've been dating for about five years now. So over that time, you know, I've been a part of his projects and he's um, taught me how to retouch, how to video edit. I've even worked on some of his projects because he does a lot of um, fashion editorials and advertisements and stuff like that. So we work on a lot of projects anyway, just like photo shoots. I was also, I've also been a model for about 10 years. So he's done a lot of like my test shoots and just, you know, we, we create fun shoots together from like mood boards to locations, stuff like that. So it felt super natural to just do this, him and I, and we couldn't really have a team because, you know, it's, it was in 2020 and we were in lockdown. So it was kind of fun to experiment and do it all ourselves. So like I created the mood board. I art directed it. He shot it. We were on the beach together. Now I know what to not do for next time. And we definitely need a team. Absolutely need a team. But it took me a while to edit, mostly because I let it sit for a while. I think that's really like a big thing when you're creating is you don't want to get too in it. So I put it aside for maybe probably longer than I should have, but maybe like four months or so. Um, and then when I came back to it, I feel like I had really fresh eyes and I was able to look at all the clips and kind of like get it done. So I got it done in like two days after that, but it's a lot of work. There's, and especially it's a really long song. It's like almost five minutes. So if you think about it, music videos are usually like two minutes and 30 seconds. So essentially it's like I was editing two videos in one. So another note for next time is let's do a music video on a shorter song. But it was a really, really fun experience, and it was cool to kind of edit it myself. I feel really proud of that. Yeah, you should be. It's, it's super impressive, and I, I like what you said about kind of setting it to a side and coming back to it with a, f- a fresh pair of eyes, because I feel like sometimes when we get close to the project, we can get too close to where we get in our own way. We create our exactly. own roadblocks where we're like, I don't like this. I don't like the way it's looking or sounding. And sometimes we just need to set it aside. We need to like step away from it and then come back to it. And we're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. So yeah, I, I yep, that's de- exactly what happened. I was like kind of having a panic attack. I was like, we didn't get all the shots we needed. And then when I came back, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like there's so much to pick from. I like don't even know what to choose. So <laughs> I totally know what you mean. <laughs> You have a new single coming out soon called Falling, and what sets it apart from your previous singles? So I would say Falling is more on the pop side, more grungy, and this is one that I wrote in 2017. It's probably one of my favorites. It's so hard to choose your favorite, but I feel like I say that about every one of my tracks, but I think this is my favorite one. (laughs) So I also had a very clear vision for, you know, the, the... the photos, the assets, the video. We actually shot the cover shoot yesterday and the photos came out amazing. So I can't wait to edit all those myself and select them. But I think it, this is probably more of who I am as a person in terms of like my style, like fashion wise and kind of like where I want to go. So I feel like it's going to be a nice taste of like what my EP is going to have to offer. 
So Lullaby was more sweet, ethereal, raw, had a lot of emotion, like you said. And I think Falling is definitely more like grungy, edgier, a little more playful and like strong. So I'm really excited to put that out because it's a little different. And I think my three singles are different, but I think that's also good because singles are a great place for you to experiment with different sounds. So yeah, I'm really excited to have all of you guys hear it. Well, we're excited to listen to it. And I like what you said about it being different from the other ones too, because so many artists can get into a pattern where they're like, oh yeah, that works. So I'm going to piggyback off of that and make my singles sound eerily similar to the last one. So we can kind of mimic that same success. But what I like about you is that you don't like to be stuck to one genre and you like to experiment with different things. And I think we, we need more of that because we need different sounds. We need things to sound new. We don't need things to sound repetitive or mundane day in the same so I that's what I enjoy about your music yeah <laughs> thank you yeah I totally agree I think being authentic is like such a huge thing now especially since everyone has so much access to being able to produce their own music and there's such a saturation of music out there and just content in general so that's a huge thing for me is just like staying authentic for who I am not trying to put something out there that I think people will like and just just go with it because like people are going to gravitate towards you if you're authentic in yourself rather than trying to sound like all the other music out there so a goal of yours this year is to i think you mentioned this earlier is that do you want to kind of stop overthinking in the creative process and just kind of go more with the flow so what's held you back in the past and how do you plan to be more open and free while creating so i think it's more of like a mindset thing like i'm my biggest enemy I guess or like I'm the I'm the person that's standing in my own way to be honest I feel like during this past year I've been able to reflect a lot um, and just learn a lot by like reading and really trying to do things to help my personal growth so I think that has really affected my creative process in the sense where if I'm happy with something and I've also met a lot of new musicians, collaborators along the way, like I said, through these songwriting clubs and stuff like that. So I'm super grateful for the little community that I've built. I think it's a lot easier for me now to just kind of like share an idea that I have and just get going with it in terms of like production. And now that I've done it before with, you know, the cover shoots and the music videos, and I kind of know how to go about this. And I have a process in terms of like the promotion and the marketing and the strategy. So I think it's just getting a lot easier as I go along. Here's a fun question. If you had a movie made about you in your life, who's starring in it, who's directing it, and who's doing the score? Oh my gosh, that is such a hard question. Well, like, can I star in it, or does it have oh. to be an actor that's, that oh. is trying to be me? No, of course you can star in it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Hmm. I might have to think about that one for a minute. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, I would have my boyfriend direct it because he's incredible. And I would say, well, a couple of my favorite actresses are like Rachel McAdams, Natalie Portman. But I would say me, you know, because like I said, authenticity is a big thing. I've never really acted before, but, you know, I'm an artist, so I feel like that could that could segue into acting. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. You have people who go from music to acting. So there's, there's a storytelling skill there. Absolutely. You could, you could star in a movie about yourself and tell it authentically, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a documentary, I guess. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice someone's given you about pursuing music? 
Hmm. I would say just to be yourself. I know I already said this, but um, unapologetically yourself and don't try to follow the crowd and be a leader and just be your best self creatively. Don't overthink things. Just put stuff out there and just do your best and people will come to you. People will gravitate towards you if you're authentic. They can read that. Like, I feel like an audience or a crowd can read you being yourself versus you trying hard to be somebody you're not. And they'll exactly. really, yeah, they'll relate to you more if you are true to who you are. And especially on with all the social media and all these different networking platforms, it's just like craziness. So I feel like the only way to really cut through the noise is to is to do that. Bree, this has been such a wonderful chat. I've had such a great time speaking with you. I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can plug away your social media, your music, or anything else that you want to promote. Could be even future projects to look out for. So yeah, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Awesome. So you guys can give me a follow on Instagram at Brie Bambi. That's B-R-I-B-A-M-B-I. And also on Facebook, I think it is Breezoli Music. And then just check out and look out for my next single, Falling. And then also I have my EP coming out later this year and more will be out on that. Brie, thank you so much for speaking with me. I had such a great time talking to you. Of course, you too. Thank you so much for having me today. Special thanks to Brie for being this week's guest. What I took away from our conversation is that she wasn't afraid to be incredibly involved in her own creative projects, whether it be art directing, doing post-production for her own projects. She wasn't afraid to be involved so that way she can see her creative vision come to life. If you want to learn more about Brie, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and V Co. V Co serves as the show's creative director, and Steph Pham serves as the show's host and editor. You can find us on social media at Popner Lounge. And for all things Popner Lounge in one convenient hub, visit us online at popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm Steph Pham.